What is Sean Payton's vision for the Denver Broncos after the benching of Russell Wilson and what might we be able to expect going forward? We answer Broncos country's mailbag questions here on today's brand new episode. Good morning, Broncos. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of GMB, your daily Broncos conversation here on Mile High Sports YouTube page. Mile High Sports is every team, every day for all your Denver Broncos, Denver Nuggets, Colorado Avalanche, Colorado Rockies needs. You can get us at milehighsports.com as well. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter here for MHS. And as we set the table here for our Broncos mailbag, I kind of want to go through real quick the Broncos injury report from Thursday to give Broncos fans a little bit of an idea. Okay, hey, what does the outlook look like this week for Denver? One of the things I think we absolutely have to talk about is that the injury report for Denver this week is pretty significant. It's a little bit longer than what it has been in recent times. So let's start things off on today's episode of the show going through the injury report here. Outside linebacker Baron Brown and wide receiver Cortland Sutton, both players were DNPs for two consecutive days on Wednesday and Thursday as they have to navigate and go through the NFL's concussion protocol. The one good thing I would say is that we did see Cortland Sutton doing some light work on the side field. However, that is not enough of an indicator to say, okay, hey, he's going to clear concussion protocol. Today's practice, obviously, here on Friday at the Centura Training Center is going to be big for the Broncos and obviously big for Sutton if he can maybe even be limited in today's practice. It gives him a little bit of a chance here to clear, but at this point in time, I would not bank on Sutton clearing protocol. There's a good chance that he could miss Sunday's game potentially. I don't think at this point as well, I don't think Baron Browning is going to clear in time. So the Broncos, I think, are bracing to be without Cortland Sutton. They're bracing to be without Baron Browning in Sunday's game against the Los Angeles Chargers here. And what that means, okay, hey, someone's going to have to step up a wide receiver with Jared Stidham now starting at quarterback. Expect to see a lot of Jerry Judy being involved here offensively, especially with Sean Payton, which to me, the inability to even look at Jerry Judy to target him for the most part in a lot of the games that we've seen so far this season. If that happens here on Sunday, it's going to be a little wild to me, knowing all the circumstances, knowing all the things that we know about this whole process of Russ being benched, and also some other wide receivers are going to have to step up, and, and who's that going to be here for the Broncos? It's a valid question. For Baron Browning, obviously, if he misses this game, who starts at outside linebacker? Well, that's where some good news comes in for Denver. Nick Benito on Thursday upgraded from being limited on Wednesday to a full participant on Thursday, and if Browning misses, Benito is expected to get the start opposite of Jonathan Cooper, which then means, okay, in the pass rush package, you're still going to have Drew Sanders. They expect to elevate Ronnie Perkins once again more than likely on Saturday from the practice squad to the game day roster, and he'll probably fill that role alongside with Drew in certain situations here in Sunday's game. So to give you an idea on that, no tight end Greg Dulcich for two consecutive days as he deals with the foot injury. And at this point, with just two games left in the season, him not expected to play this week. Dowdy returns next week against the Raiders. The Broncos should just shut him down, especially if they want him to get healthy for next season. I mean, the loss of Greg Dulcich this year has been big for the Broncos offense. They haven't had a dynamic pass-catching tight end really until Lucas Kroll kind of breaking out a little bit this past week against the Patriots with a big-time touchdown catch. Aside from that, Denver's production from pass catchers at tight ends hasn't been very good, hasn't been very consistent so far this season. Tight end Chris Manhurts and defensive tackle Mike Purcell, both guys had veteran days off. They were resting. They'll be back for Friday 
Friday's practice at the Centura Training Center. And then safety Justin Simmons, he missed Thursday's practice with an illness. We'll see if he's back here today and if it puts any any of his status into question here for Sunday's game. I don't think it will, but something that we should probably monitor. Uh, running back Dwayne Washington, special teams contributor, DNP two consecutive days with an illness as well. So we'll see where he's at for today. And then aside from that, Marvin Mims popped up on the injury report here on Thursday, limited with a hamstring injury, didn't have anything earlier in the week. So we will monitor that this week. And then Samaje Piran returned from a vet day off yesterday. He's obviously going to be in the mix. He was a full participant Thursday's practice, and he's going to be a full go here in Friday's practice as well, alongside Alex Palcheski, who the Broncos last week designated to return from injured reserve. So, Aside from what I just mentioned there, Denver has a lengthy injury report here going into this week. We'll find out more clarity. We'll have more update as to who's in and who's out for Sunday's game. We'll do that following today's practice in Dove Valley here. But now it gives us the opportunity here to dive into our mailbag. Broncos Country sent in their questions, and honestly, one of the more important ones that we got Coming from the news of the Russell Wilson being benched, the drama behind the scenes, Sean Payton clearly not having patience, not wanting to make this relationship work. So Peter G. sends in the question here, what is the what is Sean Payton's vision after benching Russell Wilson? I, to be honest with you, Peter, I don't know. We do not know. Now, I think when Denver was going on the win streak, and even as they were primed for maybe a potential playoff push, going into that Detroit Lions game, I think we all felt like even if Denver doesn't make the playoffs, and I've said it here on the show, even if Denver doesn't make the playoffs, I have confidence in that this team is headed in the right direction here. And now with this news here, and all of a sudden it is expected. It, Russell Wilson's not going to return to the Broncos in 2024. He is expected to be released here. For me, the Broncos are once again back to the problem that they have, right? And we all thought that they were a quarterback away. Clearly, they were never a quarterback away. There's a lot of problems with this team from a wide variety of positions, personnel, and maybe even scheme at points. And a quarterback is not going to fix that. Not in today's NFL, where I feel like to this year we've seen quarterbacks struggle at an astronomical rate uh, from a consistency standpoint than we have in most years. I mean, the conversation right now amongst NFL people is who's the MVP in the NFL because nobody wants to talk about it being a quarterback because quarterback play hasn't been that great this year. So that's where we're at in the state of the NFL. So where does that put the Broncos and Sean Payton and his vision? To be honest with you, it's so unclear right now. And I think maybe once we see a move happen, once they figure out what they're going to do with Russ, how they're going to navigate that, how they're going to navigate free agency, we might have a better idea. But right now, it seems like Jarrett Stidham is probably going to be the guy going into next season, week one, as the starting quarterback. And so much about how he plays in these next two games, I think will be a big part of it. Denver is going to be very strapped for cash, very strapped for money from a salary cap standpoint going next year. So for Sean Payton to kind of bite the bullet on this and say, hey, like we're moving on from Russell Wilson. For me, I don't know what his vision is. And I think the confidence level that Broncos fans have right now in Sean Payton, I think it's, it's shaking a little bit. It's not, I think, where he needs it to be. And, and fans are definitely a little unsettled about it here going forward. So I think that's a great question, Peter. Thank you so much. Uh, for sending that in. Um, you know, here's the thing. Okay. We get another one here from James P. James asked the question here with the NFL playoffs, essentially off the table for the Broncos. What are you looking forward to seeing in these final two weeks? Happy new year, James. Appreciate that. I, you know, I think when knowing what we know now about the Broncos offense, Jared Stidham, you want to see the offense maybe operate more efficiently. I mean, Denver has no run game. The run game has been non-existent. Is it going to come back this week against the Chargers? I don't know. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case, right? You can't bank on it because it hasn't been good for the last month or so. But can the Broncos here 
find an intermediate passing game with Jarrett Stidham. Like to me, that's the biggest question I want. Like the, the way that Sean Payton was calling the place for Denver's offense with Russ was playmate, you know, tailor made in a sense to when he can roll out and kind of do some of the off structure stuff. Jarrett Stidham's not that guy. So is Sean Payton going to actually run a lot of his concepts? I think the offense is going to have a little bit of a new look to it this Sunday against the Chargers. And so for me, it's like, how does that look? Can Jarrett Stidham operate that? And what does the personnel around Jarrett Stidham look like? Like if Denver can't run the ball, like you expect Jarrett Stidham to go out there and just light it up. Like that's not a fair expectation on Stidham. And I don't think he should be judged negatively if he plays bad because of that. Like you have to have good pieces around you. In the NFL, if you don't have a run game to help you, you're not going to have sustainability. And obviously we know Denver could be without Cortland Sutton. They're going to be without Greg Dulcich. They don't really have a lot of pass catching options that have contributed or played big this season. To me, it signifies a little bit of a bigger issue. So, I mean, I would like to see them finish above 500, right? That would require them to win these next two games against the Chargers and against the Raiders in week 18. And the Raiders are playing really good football right now as well. They're really inspired under Antonio Pierce. So uh, if Denver could get to nine and eight, I'll feel a little bit better about the direction. Okay, hey, going into the offseason, Denver, despite everything that has happened to them this season for the first time since 2016, finish the season with a winning record, something they haven't done in almost seven to eight years. So that would be something I would like to see here from the Broncos going into this weekend's game and in these final two weeks. I think that's a fantastic question there, James, and uh, I hope you have a merry uh, had a Merry Christmas and you have a Happy New Year, my friend. Uh, we have a couple more mailbag questions we have to get to here on today's episode of the show here. Real quick, Broncos country. Let me tell you about Superbook Sports, the sponsor of today's episode of GMB. When a trip to the biggest football game of the year, courtesy of Superbook Sports, Superbook will fly you and a friend to Las Vegas for February's championship game. They will also give you two tickets to the game plus a three-night hotel stay. And all you have to do is place a $25 same-game parlay between now and January 7th, and you're automatically entered to win. So wager and win a super trip to Las Vegas, courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, guys? Kim Becker here with Mile High Sports. Make sure you guys are following us on social media so that you never miss a Mile High Sports daily. Monday through Friday morning, we'll post a video hosted by me catching you up on everything you need to know when it comes to sports right here in the Mile High State. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you name it, we're there, and we've got you covered for everything Colorado sports. All right, Broncos country, let's continue on our show here today. Mailbag edition of Good Morning Broncos. Our next question comes in from Andrew Livingston. Now, ideally, I answered this question in our mailbag before the Russell Wilson news kind of uh, broke out a little bit. He said, what adjustments should the offensive line or coordinator make to give Russell Wilson more time to throw? Please, no more wide receiver screens. Well, now that we know that Russ is out, just replace Russell Wilson in this equation with Jarrett Stidham. And I agree with you. I think the wide receiver screen has to go. It hasn't been effective for the Broncos. And what frustrates me on a weekly basis watching the NFL is that there are other teams out there with not as good personnel. They have a better scheme and a structure to make those types of things work. And obviously, I think one of the best teams at running the screen is the San Francisco 49ers, who have elite playmakers and elite personnel and an elite scheme, which does, I mean, make it a little bit easier for them to do the things that the Broncos have tried to do that they can't do. But it goes back to even like last year in the final two weeks of the regular season that why is it that Denver can't just simplify the passing attack, right? The way that Jerry Rossberg and Justin Outen did, even for Russell Wilson in those final two games, how come they can't simplify it where, you know what, you're going to put little Jordan Humphrey or Jerry Judy on the outside and you're going to run a slant and you're going to throw it to them and you're going to let them catch it at about five to six yards and there you go. Like you, you have a little bit of ground there. Can you get some of these crossing patterns developing? The thing, the issue I've had with Sean Payton's scheme watching it is that 
all these route concepts that they do out of these different formations, they are long developing to try to free one guy to scheme one guy open up against man or zone coverage. And unfortunately, when you talk about the pressure that the Broncos have faced or with Russ not seeing it quick enough and having to escape or his eyes drop because pressure is in his face, it never sets up and it never develops, which is why the Broncos have relied so much on dinking and dunking it to running backs. I mean, hell, eight of Russell Wilson's 13 pass completions in I think the first half going in the third quarter were to running backs in that game. And I, I don't know. I think Peyton, he, he himself even alluded to it a little bit earlier this week on a conference call is that they, may, they might have too much in on the offense. And now that you're making a change at quarterback with Jared Stidham, what do you have to throw out? Like, what are some of the things, the foundational pieces that you have had what are you scrapping now? What are you putting in to help Jarrett Stidham be successful? To me, that's a huge question that we have going into this game. So I think, uh, you know, for me, I don't know what they can do. I mean, obviously, it, the offensive line has to be more consistent in terms of communication, pass protection. It really depends what type of protection are they calling up? Are they max protecting, you know, with, with different guys when they're in 12 or 13 personnel? Are they trying to have one or two man route concepts just to be able to get the ball out, but give the quarterback time to throw? Is it out of shotgun? Is it out of play action? You know, how is Denver trying to set all this stuff up? To me, that's where I think we have a lot of our questions here about the offense going forward. So, uh, I'm not entirely sure where things are at. Our fi final one comes in here from Cameron G. With the Broncos releasing Kareem Jackson and him returning to the Houston Texans, what is the outlook of the safety position beyond this season? This is a great one. I'm not too confident right now in the depth. Like I think that we already know Justin Simmons is a stable part of this franchise, face of the franchise, cornerstone franchise player here at the safety position for Denver. And then I think P.J. Locke has proven he should be the starter next to Simmons going into next season. However, PJ is going to be a free agent and with PJ's level of play, him stepping up and doing the things that he's done and being a guy who's got very good experience in the NFL as a core four special teams ace and now has evolved into a playmaking safety. There are going to be teams out there in need of a safety that are looking and that will more than likely, I believe his agent is David Cantor. They're going to reach out to David Cantor and he's going to have offers. He's going to have opportunities and looks from other teams. And so much of it, I think, is going to be contingent on, okay, what's the money going to look like? But also, what's the fit going to look like for PJ? I think PJ would be a great fit to return to Denver, but we don't know what the salary cap implications are going to be for Denver when they move on from Russell Wilson, how this impacts, how they maneuver going forward. Could they maybe give PJ another one-year deal? Like I, I think PJ is deserving of a, you know, a three-year deal for some team. And if Denver can't give it to him, I want him to get that elsewhere. PJ's put in a lot of work and he can be a guy that can help another team find success. And heck, he could even end up potentially in Houston. That's something I would maybe keep an eye on here. Uh, in terms of interest from teams and free agency, but behind it, let's say it is Justin behind him, behind PJ Locke, Delarian Turner Yell has had some trial by fire moments this season for the Broncos at safety. And look, he's developing. He's, you know, he's getting, he's gotten some good experience. And now you want to see him carry that over into next preseason and you want to see him grow from that, right? JL Skinner hasn't been able to do anything that's really ever made a mark this season. We didn't do much in the preseason, unfortunately. Had a couple of good hits and sticks, but had some missed tackles, some bad angles that he took. But he's a young guy, right? He's going to learn, and you can't just give up on him. But you can't just say, hey, we hope he pieces it together because this season when Denver went through this Kareem Jackson suspensions, injuries at safety, they didn't even elevate him on game day. And to me, it's like if he can't carve out a role for himself, even on special teams, there is a bigger problem here. There's a bigger conversation that we need to have about maybe the vision of JL Skinner. Is he a guy that could potentially be on the roster bubble next year as a training camp cut candidate? It's certainly possible here for Denver, but 
you know, you want to see growth. And I think like for me in training camp, I want to see JL Skinner take the next step. But should the Broncos go into next season with just Justin Simmons, PJ Locke, and then behind them, D uh, Delarian Turner Yale and JL Skinner? No, I think they need to go out and sign a veteran to a one-year deal that can go in there and compete with those two young guys. That way it's like, all right, hey, if something happens, there's an injury. You at least have a guy that's a vet that's been able to play that can come in and, and rotate or obviously play a role there and also play special teams. That was the thing that hurt, I think, Kareem Jackson staying on the team is Kareem, 14-year vet, didn't play any special teams. And so that was something that made the Broncos' decision to move on from him easier. But yet, you're not seeing J.L. Skinner really take the mantle with that. At least Delarian Turner, yell, he's playing special teams and he's having a good impact there. So I'm not very confident right now about the Broncos' depth behind P.J. Locke and behind Justin Simmons going into next season. But thank you so much for all your mailbag questions here on Mile High Sports. Good morning, Broncos. We appreciate you so much for tuning in. Broncos country, we'll see you on Monday for a Broncos post-game report following the Chargers game. What will the offense look like with Jared Stidham? We'll react to all that and much more next week on GMB. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.